All right, Kev. This is a uh, abnormal schedule for us. Like I said, I appreciate your uh, your being willing to reschedule. It appears that me and John Rom have had similar weekends with our health. Um, and as I told you, and I'll tell our our tens of listeners right here, you're about to get one of the best mail-in jobs you've ever seen from a podcast host that hopefully will still be semi-entertaining. Um, so with that said, I hope your weekend was better than mine. Uh, I went from... Uh, 42 putts on Thursday to 39 putts on Sunday to uh, being sick for the last two or three days with food poisoning, which has been great. Uh, and I guess that deserves, you know, that's the deserving result when your short game looks like that, um, even at the beginning of the season. Those, uh, are, so those are your, those are your putting stats. Those are my putting stats. I played Thursday and I played Sunday. Yeah, and when you're averaging over a two putt, it not only means that you suck at putting, it means that you're not really getting close when you chip either. So <laughs> overall, just not a very good short game performance to start the season. But Yeah, I was uh, disappointed to hear you were a little under the weather there, but we appreciate you uh, battling back and coming on here to uh, still get the podcast out for our loyal viewership or uh, listenership, I, I should say. And um yeah, I hope, you know, don't want to disappoint the fans. We've had back-to-back -back weeks with guests. Now it's just back to me and you, but we're going to try to do our best here and then uh, see what we can come up with. That's right. That's right. So let's let's jump right into it. We just got we just got a uh, sort of ho-hum end to the Players' Championship, the first quote-unquote major of the season. Um, not really your most exciting Sunday because it turns out you just can't really, you can't really affect Scotty Scheffler. He just doesn't give shots back to the field. Very good at golf. And now has got me in sort of a fashion where, you know, some days I feel like John Rahm is a machine and some days I feel like Scheffler is a machine, but I think, you know, you may have to leave Rory out of that category uh, for the foreseeable future. Cause these two guys are not only playing the best, but they're, they're winning the most. And even though Rory's had some great stats and had some great rounds and been in contention, and and I still think it has the skills to be the best player on the planet, I really think that title is a two horse race, um, especially after the performance this this week from uh from Scotty and taking home that that first um first quote unquote major of the year. I I agree. Yeah, it seems like Rory is playing with like he has so much of a weight on his shoulders, not only from the fan like viewership and his like just fandom probably the most popular player on tour but also it feels like he's like taking on live by himself basically like he's the face of the pga tour um he gets asked so many questions about that and then when it comes to just playing golf like uh, obviously he had a terrible week at the players where a lot of people were high on him and he made the comments about the driver, which is just like wasn't a very good look after the fact. I, I just feel like he has so many distractions and um, so much weight on his shoulders. But the exact opposite of that is Scotty Scheffler, who just seems so comfortable with his, like, of course, golf game, but also like his lifestyle and like what he has no, no distractions. He seems like, of course, he's not very, he's very vanilla and like not. Um, you know, not somebody who's going to come out and say crazy things in the media and get a ton of attention, but he just seems like he's so rock solid with his game. And um, yeah, when he plays like that, especially at the big events, we see um, he really shows up at them. He, he's just basically impossible to beat. You know, you think I, I, it's almost unfortunate that Rom had to withdraw because I would have liked to see Rom 
you know, kind of bring his best and play for four days. Cause he played really well that first day. I think he, I don't remember what he shot. It was only like one under, I think, but you know, I would have liked to see obviously the two of them come down the stretch and feel like if they both give it their best, you know, what, who would have came out on top, but. Yeah, I guess that that faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is like the most stabilizing force in in the golf world because, like you said, it it just doesn't feel like to say he doesn't care is not the right way to describe it. But it just never looks like this dude is stressed out by anything. Um, you know, from the most difficult shots to the most difficult situations to holding a lead to gaining on a lead to you know having to make up strokes to just conservative to to just not give shots back. Like he he's just got it all. Um, and that's to go with obviously a world-class game in like every aspect, you know, like every, every single skill is top of the notch too. You, you know, you can't be this good and just sort of with an attitude. Um, but yeah, incredibly impressive performance from him. And then the second thing that sort of stood out to me was a fun little, uh, you know, we talk about the cut sweat a lot and how it impacts these pools and people's bets and whatnot, but I'm sure you saw this, but Jordan Spieth on the, uh, I, I think he was playing the ninth as his 18th on Friday. Um, is right on the cut line and hits his ball into the water and it, you know, on its way into the water, hits a patron in the chest. And not only does it bounce just not into the water, but back into the fairway, like, like five or 10 feet, he then goes on to chip in for Eagle to make the cut by a shot. And just one of those things where, you know, if you have him or you know, if you, if people, other people in your pool have him, and you're watching that ball hit a patron and come back into play and not go in the water. Just one of those things that makes sort of the uh, Thursday and Friday grind fun. But but he was really fun about it. The patron was really fun about it. You know, I, I know Spieth was joking around like, I'll give him anything because, uh, you know, everything's because of him. And I, I just don't think he's going to give up that that six-figure patron. Is that not the most Jordan Spieth-like scenario? For, you would not pick any other golfer for that to happen to other than him. And yeah, yes, It's never guy. boring. <laughs> the cuts was interesting too because i wanted with all the delays and everything like yeah. it takes, taking so long um it kept I, I don't know if i don't think that shot had a lot to do with it but i know the cut line this week had so many big names like on the number that were damn close to moving off off the line had a, a few things gone Yes. Um, in a different direction after the and I, wa- I wanted those plus two goons out of there. But it was yeah, like, didn't it, get it. Was it. Like JT, it was like speed. Can't lay was, it was two lay. over, yeah. I think. Feen out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's the grind of Thursday and Friday. But yeah, just another fun, like, you know, obviously the tournament isn't won or lost on Thursday and Friday. You can certainly shoot yourself out of the tournament by the cut or just by, by being too far out. But these are some fun stuff that makes, uh, you know, makes watching for the cut interesting because, you know, you probably wouldn't pay attention to stuff like this if you didn't, uh, if you didn't follow things like our pool. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm good. Uh, I think I'm good with the players. I don't know. Was, I thought it was a good tournament. Again, we see another tough Florida stretch. The wind obviously played a factor. Something needs to be done about the. I don't know what they can do, honestly. If they have to quickly, I think I know what you're going to say. Right, some play, play. Like, yeah, yeah. The the motto of the tour has become suspended due to dark, like round suspended due to darkness. Like it's just insane. I, I don't remember ever in years past it being this much of an issue. Um, but it's just annoying to have to constantly like deal with that. So I, but I don't really have a solution. So I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure what the solution is to your point other than enforcing the clock when when dudes get put on the clock. But it's been, I feel like almost every tournament has been a Saturday cut that hasn't been on the West Coast, um, which is getting pretty frustrating to your point because then you're watching what should be twosomes go out into threesomes, you know, split tees, one and ten. A little tougher to follow the action, but just it is it is slow at times. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this in a later podcast, but all these rollbacks that they're trying to do with the ball, I don't see how that makes play any faster by giving these guys sh- longer shots now to think about and talk about for, for three hours. But we'll get to that another time. I almost feel like we're at a weird sort of gap between we've, we've had a what feels like a month of just straight action with all these designated events. And then, you know, following this tournament, we have a, a great event in the match play. And then we're into master's mode. I know there's one buffer event in between those two events that'll sort of still be still be eligible for us to play. But um, this sort of feels like a little wet blanket on what was otherwise a very hot stretch for the PGA. But let's get into it. It's the Valspar Championship. It's going to be played at Copperhead Golf Course, which is part of the Innisbrook Resort in Florida. Um, Another Florida track, to your point, Bermuda Greens. This one ranks at about 7,300 yards. Um, but like a few tracks that we've seen uh, in the last few weeks, even though it only plays 7,300 yard, it plays a lot longer than that because of the course setup. Um, this is a very difficult track on the PGA Tour uh, to begin with. And I've read this week the rough is being grown out to four inches. So I think even a, a tough track is going to get a lot tougher. Uh, there's a lot of dog legs. There's a lot of trees. There's a, a high rough bunkers and water so even though this is sort of a watered down field and and, you know between two big events um it doesn't make the difficulty uh, any less um you seeing the same thing i agree yeah it's a little bit different of your traditional uh, florida look it's going to look more like um like almost a midwest course with like the amount of trees that they have it's not like all water and palm trees like we've been seeing the past few weeks in florida um, but like Ed said, still a very tough test for these guys. It has um, a number of dog legs, if I'm understanding that correctly, I think. And also driving distance is not, I think, as important as it may be at some of these other courses. Just because of these dog legs, you're really trying to land more to a specific landing area. And so a lot of times guys are having to club down. Uh, the rough is up, as Ed mentioned, especially around the greens. And so I think scrambling is going to be very important this week, especially given it can still get windy there. Um, So that's going to be one thing I'm looking at. And then, of course, like always approach as well. Um, Again, like we see, it seems like every Florida course we play, but long par threes again. I think the shortest one is five. Everything else is 200 plus. Um, So, again, just another tough test. I think the past has Sam Burns has won back-to-back years. Is that correct? Sam Burns won back-to-back. And then the previous year before that was canceled because of COVID. Yep. And then Paul Casey was back-to-back before that. So it's been sort of odd. We've had two double champions with that gap year. Within like five yeah, years. Sam Burns going year. for the three-peat this week. Right, right. Um, and I believe he won at the same score both years, which was like minus 17 or minus 18. And so what I, I've read some things where they really are trying to bring that score down um, to Ed's point, growing up the rough and then making some other changes. Um, they, they'd like it to be more around like minus 11, minus 12. Um, so we'll see what happens this week, but. Yeah. And I do think it will be that in, in combination with the tougher rough conditions and the tougher core, 
course conditions overall. It is supposed to be very windy and potentially rainy over the weekend. I'm not sure it's going to affect much of the Thursday and Friday, which is what we're primarily focused on. Um, maybe a little bit of Friday. Thursday is supposed to be perfect, but I know the weekend is supposed to get a little messy. So you may see some volatility at the top for your you know, tournament long bets. Um, I'd also sort of point out for your viewing experience, if you do choose to watch this tournament, I know a few tournaments ago, we mentioned the bear trap. This course sort of has like a discount bear trap. It's uh, 16, 17, and 18 is affectionately known as the snake pit. And that is sort of a, a very tough stretch of holes that, um, you know, if your guy's sitting a shot or two above the cut line, like that is absolutely a stretch that is very volatile. And, and you know, cuts will be, um, you know, I don't think many people gain strokes on that stretch, but cuts will be not made based on those three holes coming down the stretch. Um, a couple of good stats on that stretch and on the course that I sort of thought were fun. Uh, this has this course has the second most three putts from in, inside five feet on the PGA Tour, which I thought was only a stat reserved for yours truly right here. But I guess other people will uh, will be doing that as well. I can tell you that Luke List will not be on my list of picks this week because of that stat. And then, uh, you know, speaking to the discount bear trap, uh, no winner of this tournament has ever played the snake pit, that 16, 17, 18 stretch at under par. Um, so just something, again, if you're watching your golfer struggle through that closing stretch, it is normal. And you want him to sort of have a, have a buffer to the cut line, wherever that is, going into the uh, going into the closing stretch. But looking at sort of picks, I, I sort of found the same thing as you. I'm looking for ball strikers and I'm looking for scramblers because of the long par threes. There are five of them. Um, sort of an abnormally high number. Um, and they're all very long. So you want good iron play. Uh, again, a lot of dudes taking less than driver off the tee. Again, emphasis on ball striking. And then because of that crazy rough, especially around the greens, you do want good putters and you do want dudes who are great at scrambling um, around the greens. Um, so with that, I'll sort of go into my favorites uh, of the week. Again, we have sort of a soft field. Um, and, you know, if I'm picking somebody to win the tournament, regardless of odds. I think I'm sort of feeling this as a Jordan Spieth week. I don't know why, but just sort of, he's been fun to watch and his game has been coming up a little bit. And if we're talking about dudes who have to thrive on, on the short game and, um, you know, around the greens, like he's somebody who can do that because uh, he's got a lot of creativity, but at his odds, he's tied at the top with Justin Thomas, 12 to one to win three to one at the top five. I'm not sure if I like that value for a win. Um, so out of my favorites, who I think can win the tournament at their number. Uh, I like Tommy Fleetwood at 22 to one. And I like Adam Hadwin at 25 to one, I guess for, for different reasons. Uh, I think Tommy Fleetwood is just a fantastic ball striker overall. So I'm going to lean on that part of his game. He's also good around the greens. His putter flails sometimes. Uh, Adam Hadwin known as a fantastic putter, but his ball striking numbers have begin to begun to catch up to, to his putting. And I do know that he needs uh, some good finishes here because he is on the the borderline of making the Masters. So some impetus here for him to to finish well um, and to get in that tournament. But in terms of like the the you know the low odds guys, uh, those are my two favorite um, of the favorites. Love that okay, so yeah, the, this is a very interesting field because like as you mentioned, overall definitely weaker field. But the guy, I would say the four guys at the top. I can, it's pretty easy to find something wrong with like each one of them. Like I, like 
And I think speed is my favorite of the four. And like you said, I don't really know why, but I yeah. think that that he is somebody I'm looking to hope maybe have a good week. I don't know what is going on with the putting. He's walking everything in. Like and sometimes it goes in, sometimes it misses by two. <laughs> like I, I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, I was almost there on speed, like fully there. There was a time, um, last year i think where he started he, like everyone goes back to the putting with spieth of course but when he had he can sometimes have like a little stretch of solid approach play like two or three or four weeks in a row where he starts sort of doing well with his irons and then i think the putting follows from that that's where he really gets his confidence up but um yeah i like all those plays you said i love fleetwood like you said he just the dude does not have a PGA tour win somehow, but if, if ever it was going to happen, it feels like this could be the week, Florida, windy. I mean, he's a great ball striker. As you said, he's going to do, he knows how to play in the wind. So if he's going to get it done, I feel like this is the week. I love Hadwin as well. I was glad you said that. Um, I also like Justin Rose quite a bit. Those are probably my three favorite plays. And I I will be on at least two, if not three of those guys in one of our two survival leagues. I I can say that for sure. Um, A couple other guys down the board that I like. I like Justin Suh. Um, He has been been on a great stretch. Yeah. Great stretch. Like the last month or so. Um, He, he, I feel like this course sets up really well for him. And again, I'm just, I'm just very impressed with his play through the Florida swing. So um, another guy that I'm on another one, a little lesser known guy, but he plays mostly on the European tour, but a very strong golfer is Victor Perez. Um, he's mm-hmm. had a lot of success overseas, but it might be a guy that most people are just kind of overlooking because he's just obviously not a big name. Doesn't play very much on the PGA tour. Always a little worried these guys coming over here for the first time and, and playing in the States. Um, you don't know how that's going to go always, but he's a very talented golfer. So um, another guy I'm sort of looking at there. Yeah, I love that name. And I know we mentioned it a few pods ago, but guys who are used to playing in the wind, especially when the wind uh, you know, whips up like it's going to do this weekend, have an advantage. Like, you know, maybe that cancels out the the unfamiliarity with the tour in general and with this course. But I love European guys for that reason. Um, going in sort of my mid-tier plays, um, I like Ben Griffin a lot, a, a rookie on tour. He's 45 to 1 to win. Uh, but more sort of interesting to me is the 10 to 1 to finish in the top five. I, I like that value a lot. He, he's been very hot. It was in contention a few weeks ago. Um, you mentioned Justin Suh. I'm on him as well. Again, 35 to 1, 8 to 1 to finish in the top, the top 10. Um, or sorry, in the top five. And, you know, this is something Massachusetts has online sports gambling now. So like these odds for top five, top 10 are finally out. So I can actually give you these as we're talking about them. And then sort of my my long shot. And again, I don't really think this is a realistic shot to win the tournament at 100 to one. Uh, but is Ludwig Alberg, Alberg the, the top amateur in the world right now. Um, but that 20 to one number at top five and especially the eight and a half number at top 10. I think is a decent play. Again, I don't think he's quite there to actually win the tournament, but an exciting player. Again, the top amateur in the world um, has been, you know, qualifying for these events and breaking through a little bit. Um, So I do like him as a value play as well. Um, Sort of if you're looking to hit, uh, you know, hit one of these, hit one of these long shot bets. 
I like that. Yeah. So one of these things too, I like looking at is uh, of course, like the betting odds to win, but I know I'm glad you said uh, Lud- Ludwig Aberg. I don't even know, what yeah. Name, but yeah, he is. If you look at the DraftKings pricing, he is priced mostly with guys who are like 50 to 60 to one based on his price. So it's always interesting to see those discrepancies, obviously with a betting number much higher. Um, uh, and he's a real talent. Like he's going to make yeah. make some waves on the PGA Tour very soon here. So it's always um, it's fun to be on these guys a little, you know, a little bit before the rest of the world finds out who they are. So um, I like that as well. Um, a couple of guys I like as well, a little bit further down the board. Uh, one is Dylan Wu. Um, very good ball striker has had a little run of good success here. Uh, I think he has a good shot to, to do well this week. And then Pearson Cootie as well. We've seen, we've seen him play well in a couple, uh, recent weeks. Uh, so he's another guy I will, um, take a look at. I also have a few, I have three matchup bets in actually, I, I parlayed all of them. These are on available on DraftKings, As Ed mentioned, we're live in Massachusetts. So let's go. Um, so I have three. These are tournament matchups. So to win the the tournament over the other guys. So I have uh, Justin Rose over Keegan Bradley for minus one ten. Uh, Jordan Spieth over Justin Thomas for plus a hundred, and then uh, Davis Riley over Brian Harmon. That last one is probably the one a little bit of a flyer. Um, Harmon is historically a bit of an older guy, like solid player throughout his year, but really has not been playing a great stretch of golf of late. Um, and then Davis Riley, I, I conversely, I, I have been impressed with of late. So um, I parlayed those three for plus six sixty three. So um, you know, just fun stuff to look at as well. I like, I like obviously looking at all these different matchups, and I like, as I said, comparing. One of the other ones I noticed last week when you're looking at outrights is I sometimes find it interesting what the outright number is versus the head to head number. So like, obviously these guys making the lines are very good at what they do, but if you looked at the head to head matchup between Scheffler and Rory last week, Scheffler was significantly favored. I don't remember what exactly the number was, but it was something like minus 140, minus 150. Um, and then over Rom, he was favored as well. I believe it was like minus 125. So I always find that interesting when these guys are the same outright number, but you look at their matchup and it's a little bit different. Like, uh, it's always just interesting to me. So I don't know. I just, something to look at as well. Yeah. I feel like I, I didn't see those two numbers. And by the way, I love those three matchups. Like, I just think those are three informed players over three out of form players at the very least. So if you're getting even money on those, which you basically are and can parlay them, like that's a pretty good bet. Um, but the the book always knows somehow. Like it, it feels like when they make these big favorites, they're rarely wrong. I, I know they're trying to drive 50-50 action, and that's the goal. But you know, in order to do that, they really have to have to you know do their research and and try to guess who they're going to you know give themselves the least amount of liability with. So if you're seeing something like that that surprises you, it's always sort of like a double take. You know, the the casino makers are very very rich for a reason, and. Uh, you know, we're online gambling for a couple bucks for for a different reason entirely. Um, my favorite part of the week is my fades. And I guess it sort of goes um, goes to what you were saying. My fades this week are out of the top four players. Um, and, and I had the same feeling as you when I was looking at who I really had confidence in and didn't have confidence in. And all the guys that I think are in bad form are, are right at the top of the board. And that was just weird to me. Um, and these numbers are out now. So my two fades of the week are Sam Burns and Matt Fitzpatrick. Both, I think, have been playing like shit. Um, I know Sam Burns made the cut last week and is sort of, um, 
I, I guess not playing as atrociously as he's been playing, but I do think his, you know, back-to-back championships are giving him an inflated number here. Um, he's 330 to to miss the cut. Um, and Matt Fitzpatrick is three and a half to miss the cut. And I just think in the form they're in, with the win going to be what it is, with the the volatility that this course can present. Um, if you hit the ball in the wrong spot, I think those are two good values considering how off these guys have been. Um, so those are my two fades. But then, like you said, as I was looking on the board, like Keegan Bradley, like top 10, you know, top 10 in these odds blew up last week in, in sort of a rough fashion. Brian Harmon hasn't been good all season. Like it's just some weird numbers. And I know it goes to the watered down field and maybe these guys aren't as bad when they don't have to contend with, you know, 20 additional golfers that may be in this field in a bigger event, but you still got to play the course and play the conditions. And I, I think they may struggle. So those are my two fades and, you know, my haterade is out of my system. All right. I love it. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, we've had the conversation in the past about recent form versus course history. It's always like a age old golf debate. Like, which do you go with more of course, but it it really does present an interesting situation this week. Cause as you mentioned, like it seems like the top four guys on the board were going with, of course, like career strength and course history. But, but even with that being said, like, I don't know what kind of course history like Spieth and JT have here. They, they really don't like Spieth won it, I believe back in, 2015 but that's, that's a different that's a that's different, different jordan speed yeah. yeah yeah and then he hasn't really played here since then i don't think and then jt same thing i don't think he's played much either and they're not in good recent form but they're the two obviously like probably most talented golfers in the field you know so i understand why they're at the top of the board but again like i, I just don't have a lot of faith in in a lot of these guys and same thing with Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, I, I have a little more confidence in, but Burns, same thing. Not, I'm not very high on this week. Um, I almost got there with JT last week. I was so close. <laughs> if he'd gotten off but, the damn number, yeah. But okay, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Keegan this week. I think since you, um, yeah, I would I would have had Burns, but I don't want to take the same one as you, so I will go with Keegan. Um, Keegan can win the tournament, and he can shoot plus five on Friday as we saw or whatever he was. So um, he, if, you, <laughs> if you're looking for volatility, that's your guy. So I will uh, just hope he has another bad week from uh, continues from last week and see what we got. Yeah. I, I forget if it's this tournament or a different tournament, but somebody that I was reading was explaining what the full Keegan is and it is shooting an amazingly under par first round and then shooting like in the eighties on your second round. And he did that this past weekend as well. I, I almost want to say it was this tournament at some point, but they were saying he went like 67, 79. So, you know, you, you go into Friday thinking you're way inside the line, just have a, just have a bad day and we're still good. And, you know, he shoots like an eight over 79 or whatever, whatever it is. Um, So if you hear that phrase, like that's what people mean when they say going full Keegan means, you know, blowing up on your Friday round to miss a cut. Yeah, you he's were not, not, he's you're never, <clears throat> never safe, safe with Keegan. So you got to make sure you get all the way through Friday for sure. Yeah. And to touch on JT real quick, like I haven't been a fan of how his games looked like he's really flirted with missing the cut for a few weeks now, last week in particular. But I you know in a course that's going to re- require a lot of shots, um, you know, he has those and, and he's decent in the wind and can move the ball both ways. I like he can just go too low on one way to shoot himself out of it 
So I feel like he's pretty safe this week. But again, like not, I can't say that with full confidence. Like I usually would on JT. He's just been sort of off, but yeah, interesting week for sure. I, um, one other point, sorry. I know we're trying to keep yeah, this. No, short we're good, tonight, we're but good. I got, <laughs> um, Max Homa made some comments recently about, uh, you know, he grew up idolizing Tiger, obviously. Tiger is a guy who, like, could hit, of course, every single shot that he wants to hit, right? Like, he he can curve it both ways. He, he just has all these miracle shots. And it, so the guy on the, on the show I was listening to was making the point, like, obviously, JT and Tiger are very close. But Homa came out saying he was also trying to do that, but now he's kind of moved away from it, and and he just wants to hit the same shot every time, which he just hits a fade off the tee now, regardless of what the the whole shape is like, basically. And he felt like that really helped him because you know he's not he's not Tiger Woods. He's just gonna go out there and hit a consistent shot and repeat that effort. And JT, like you said, like he's got all the shots for sure. Like he has the ability to hit all these different shots, but I think he almost like. I don't want to say makes things too difficult on him, but, and, and it's great when he pulls it off and it's like really uh good TV and people love it. And it's great, like fanfare, but it gets him into trouble a lot too, I think. And uh, I think he almost puts like too much pressure on himself to hit some of these like miraculous shots um, too often. So. Yeah. I can't tell if you had a JT's like stock shot, I really wouldn't be able to tell you what that is. Like it used to be a cut, but now he plays everything. Um, and I, again, I know we're supposed to go short, but you got me into something that I sort of read over the weekend that I found very interesting to that same point. Um, after Morikawa had a great day one this week, somebody sort of talked to him about what he fixed in his game. And he sort of echoed the exact same thing as Max Homa did. And I, I saw Homa's comments as well about how he was trying to do all these different things, was hitting a draw for a while, but now he's just, he has a shot. He's going to rely on it, period, and just go with that. And we've seen golfers like that. And it led me to sort of this tweet thread that I saw. I wish I remember who it was. It was not a prominent golf guy, but he was sort of explaining the difference between two types of golfers. There, there's your Tiger Woods, who he sort of described as an artist. And then there's your Colin Morikawa, your Dustin Johnson, uh, your, your guys who have one shot, and it's just repeatable and excellent. And those are like the mechanics. And I think some golfers are better at being a mechanic and some guys are better at being an artist. And sometimes when you try to, to switch roles, so to speak, you struggle a lot. And it certainly seemed like Colin was picking something up, going back to only a fade off the tee. Um, I know at some point in Dustin Johnson's career, he just came out and said, I'm not hitting draws anymore. I'm just going to hit a fade. If the hole calls for a draw, I'm just going to hit a better fade. And, you know, he's made a career off that same shot over and over and over. And Jack Nicholas before him, but just guys who have a repeatable, dependable ball flight, whatever that may be, and can just go to it in every situation. And maybe that is something that, you know, is sort of throwing these guys off trying to do too much because, you know, Tiger's the best at it. But there aren't a lot of guys who have every single shot that are sustained winners um, aside from him. So just an interesting little uh, interesting little thing about the actual game. Yeah, I'm just going to keep depending on my uh, hard right to left slice. And I'm just going to repeat that over and over and see, that's if, I, right. see if, if I can, can make the tour. That's right, dude. If you can, if you can depend on it and it'll be there in every situation, high stakes, low stakes, that's what you're looking for. We call you the mechanic. Me, on the other hand, I can miss left. I can miss right. I can miss short. I can miss long. So, you know, I can do it all. I'm more of an artist in that regard. Oh, all right, dude. 
that's uh that's all I got for tonight. And I think we uh I said I was going to mail it in. I tried my best. I don't think that was a that was a great effort, but hopefully it'll get the listeners something for this week. Um interesting little timing with the pod probably going to be listened to on Wednesday. You'll have the most information you have about your tournament, uh about the conditions, about the start time. So use this, use everything. Um tricky little week here before we uh before we get into the match play and then the Masters and nothing more fun than being in these pools for the Masters. So just get there, keep it strong. All right. Yes, sir. Enjoy. Good luck, boys. All right. Cool, man. See ya.